Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. Good morning, my friends. It is part two today as we talk about the truth about authority and idolatry in God's word. Yesterday was more or less a setup. The introduction that Paul had to this greater topic, this issue in the church at Corinth that he is addressing. And in order to fully understand it, to not misapply it, to not look at it through the lens of our culture and our time, we need to take a look at what was going on at the time of Paul. But before we do that, one thing I just wanted to clarify is that I mentioned feminism in the last episode, and I just wanted to clarify that that the heart behind feminism to gain equal rights and basically government respect, right, for women, that is wonderful. That, I believe, is very biblical. The struggle is when the feminist movement takes it a step too far. And when they start believing that they are pushing the false narrative, the false narrative that women need to be more authoritative than we are called to be. And like we talked about yesterday, that goes all the way back to the fall in the Garden of Eden. So feminist movements are not inherently wrong. That's not what I was trying to say. In fact, they have done a lot of good. I think many people can look around and recognize the good that they have done, but they can, just like any other man-made thing, man-made movement, man-made group, they can take it too far. And so we as Christians need to be mindful of that and aware of that because just like today, sometimes it gets taken too far. Back where Paul was in Corinth, it got taken too far as well. So let's see what Paul has to say. Let's dive in. I am in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, and I'm reading from the ESV. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Again, this beautiful, almost ranking system, if you will, but it's less about power and pride than it is just about the order that God has created, that he sees fit, that God himself models for us, like we talked about yesterday. Paul goes on, Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image of and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. 
So I know this was a big old long chunk, but we needed to hear everything that Paul was going to say. Because I want you to notice first and foremost that he doesn't only call out men and he doesn't only call out women. There were problems on both sides doing opposite things and for very different reasons. So if we look back at the historical context, we see here that Paul was calling out these believers for going into a worship service, walking around, whatever it may be, with their heads covered. And you may be like, well, why why does that matter? It's because that was tied to paganism. That was tied to government. Augustus, he has, if you look him up and you look up Augustus head covered, you'll see what I mean. He has like these statues of him with his head covered. And this was like a cultural thing. It was used in pagan societies. It was used as the culture and it could be seen as a symbol of status. And so Paul here is checking the men. He's letting him know you are idolizing status. You are idolizing fitting in rather than coming in and seeking the Lord. Now, the Old Testament actually does talk about head coverings. And so we know that that this isn't prescriptive for everyone, every situation, because the Old Testament wouldn't have told us to do something that we shouldn't do. Does that make sense? I think it totally makes sense. <laughs> so it's very interesting because God says he is made in the image and the glory of God. And because God doesn't want man glorifying the culture, God wants him glorifying him. That is why Paul is writing this, because these men were stuck in idolatry. And remember, this idolatry is basically just prioritizing something above God, prioritizing yourself in some way above God, trusting yourself or something else in some way above God. And these men They were trusting in status. They were trusting in fitting in in the culture above God. And in the same way, the women were also struggling with idolatry, but in a different way. Their idolatry. Paul calls them out and he says, listen, you're not covering your heads, right? Saying you come in with a covered head, you dishonor your head for men. Right? They're coming in and they're dishonoring Christ. But the wife who is coming in and praying or prophesying with uncovered head is dishonoring her husband. Why is this? What is he talking about? Does it really matter if, for example, you wear a hat to church? Does it really matter if you don't cover your head? And I would like to point out as well that I know that other people will have differing beliefs on this. But what I have to say, what I see here is that Paul is addressing the heart of the issue. Because at the time, women in public, it was a sign of being a respectable woman and a respectable wife to cover your head in public. And if you were a wife in public and you were not covering your head, that would be like a sign of promiscuity. And so it was actually reflecting very poorly on your marriage, on your husband, who is meant to be your head in God's basically rank, right? And so these women were trying to take all of this authority and basically like slap their husbands in the face with it. They were trying to take more and hurt their husband, hurt his reputation, not care about that in the process. And so rather than 
right? Because you, I, I do want to point out too that there you don't want to take that too far, right? Of wanting to protect his status like the men were doing. So there is a balance, but they were not so worried about status. They were worried about authority. And so they were coming in and uncovering their heads. And in that act, they were blatantly disrespecting their husbands culturally. And so Paul is calling this out because this is idolatry of self. This is a pride. This is elevating themselves and trusting themselves and their own judgment above what God had called them to do, which was to respect their husband. And so to me, that's what it all comes down to. But Paul doesn't just stop there. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow because it's, it's really cool that there is this mutual submission within the rank this mutual love, this mutual respect. And Paul gets there. He addresses that, which I think is really, really cool. But the thing is, it's not so much about covering your head or not covering your head. It's not so much about the actions you do, unless, of course, it is a specific moral wrong, like murder. (laughs) But it's more about the heart, the why you're doing it. What are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing something over God? Are you following the way that he says that things should be and God is perfect. Even if we don't get it, we have to trust that it's for our good because he is perfect. He's all-knowing. He is good and he is loving. So why? That is the question. Why? Is there idolatry, a misprioritization in your heart, a mistrust in your heart? What is the heart behind the action? And you can ask yourself this for your own actions. And if you are having a struggle in a conflict, this is also a great thing to get to the heart behind a conflict as well. What's their why? What's your why? Check in with your heart. Check in with Holy Spirit. Check in with the Lord. And we're going to see what else Paul has to say on this topic tomorrow morning.